0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Added Time, a brand new football podcast hosted by me, Steve Watkins. So I've finally done it, I've finally bitten the bullet and I've started my own podcast about the one thing that has been a constant in my life, probably since the age of five, the wonderful game of football. Now I know that there are thousands and thousands of other football podcasts out there by some amazing people ex-pros who you've all heard of. I know you've not heard of me, unless you've listened to Games and Graps over the years, you ain't got a clue who I am. But if you're here listening, thank you very much. And I really appreciate you coming along. Now, I'm not going to do anything groundbreaking with this podcast. It's just going to be me talking about football, talking about what has gone on, the big news, the controversies that surround football on a daily basis and as we are heading into a brand new premier league season in just over a week's time i thought no better opportunity than to start now with this podcast now i know that there are football there's football kicking off this weekend as well with the efl the championship starts on friday night which the 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 championship is such a crazy crazy league, and it's always worth keeping an eye on, even though sometimes it does feel that the same three or four teams are always up there vying for promotion. My team, Leicester City, are in the Premier League, so that is probably where I'm going to concentrate a lot of my time and my efforts and my conversation will be around the Premier League. And I don't want to turn this into a Leicester City podcast, but as a season ticket holder and someone that has supported that club for nearly 30 years now, it's going to be hard for me not to talk about them on a regular basis. I'll be able to give you my view from being sat there in my seat at the wonderful King Power Stadium. So this first episode, I just want to talk about pre-season and some of the things that have been going on from what seems like a really, really crazy somewhat controversial pre-season. Now, a number of clubs have made some really good signings and then there's my club who haven't made a signing. But I'm going to come on to that a little bit later on because I've got some thoughts and opinions on that. I said I wasn't going to turn it into a Leicester podcast and here I am, first episode, talking about my team. But it's relevant to what we're going to be talking about. So if we look through the league, obviously, when we talk about transfers and stuff, the the big teams are the ones that the media focus on. So very early on, we saw Erling Haaland join Man City. We knew that was going to happen. We've seen Tottenham buy some really, really good players. They seem to have been really savvy in the transfer market. And people are getting very excited about what Tottenham can do this season, including their own fans. I think it'll personally, I think it'll be very hard for them to become title challengers just because I see Liverpool and Man City just being so strong. But Chelsea, uh, I'm sorry, Spurs have got a really, really good chance of being uh, in and around that top four, challenging for third and maybe, who knows, they could push for, for second and maybe even the title. But it's Spurs were talking about here, you know, I'm only kidding Spurs fans. Liverpool have obviously paid big, big money for Darwin Nunes, who very early on, fans of other clubs mainly were on at him because he went two or three pre-season games without scoring a goal. Oh, how dare he? How dare he come to a join a new club at such a young age and have to get used to his teammates? He then answered those critics by scoring four goals after coming off the bench against RB Leipzig. Now pre-season is a funny one because I feel that it depends on what team you are almost enhance, it gives an opportunity for the media to either overhype someone or really, really make out that this team is going to struggle. So, the perfect example of that for me was when Manchester United beat Liverpool 4-0 in pre-season. Now, for A United win to the media and to the general football fan out there means nothing. Ah, with Liverpool, they only played a couple of players, a couple of first-teamers. It's only pre-season. We know what Liverpool are about. We know there's a huge job on at United with a new manager in charge. If that had been the other way round, if Liverpool had battered Manchester United 4-0, it would have been a disaster. People would have been calling for Ten Hag, and I'm not even joking about that. There would have been people saying Ten Hag is in too deep. He doesn't realise what job he's got in his hand. On his hands, sorry. So it can depend what team you depend on. What team you are as to what reaction you get for preseason. Chelsea have also made some some decent. I think some really really decent signings. I think Raheem Sterling is is a hell of a signing. A really established Premier League player, and international. There's debate as to whether he's world class, but for me, that that's that, that, that doesn't come into the equation. That's a great signing, a really really good signing. In terms of in terms of goals and assists, he's he, he's one of the highest goal scorers in the Premier League since Pep has been at Man City. I think only Salah. Kane and Vardy have scored more goals than him during that time that that, that Pep has been at Man City. Uh, and for Pep Guardiola, he's behind Messi and Lewandowski for goals scored. So that that's that's crazy. That they are crazy, crazy numbers and crazy stats. They've also signed Koulibaly. Uh, they obviously, they lost Rudiger and people are saying he's going to be hard to replace. Many people are saying that Koulibaly is... An upgrade on Rudiger. Obviously, he is older. He's thirty-one. People are saying that that's, you know, a fair bit to spend on a thirty-one-year-old. these footballers are, are, are so fit and healthy these days. Look at Thiago Silva, thirty-eight years old. He's not going to play every game, but he's ridiculously fit and still a class class player. Now, Chelsea have had some indifferent results in pre-season. They lost 4-0 to Arsenal, got got taken apart by all accounts and that has led to Tuchel to come out and say that this squad isn't ready and the season is starting in two weeks' time when, when these quotes came out and that the squad won't be ready for the start of the season. I think they're very interesting comments from Thomas Tuchel because also what's been going on, is links to Cristiano Ronaldo, who supposedly is is wanted by the Chelsea owners but not necessarily by the manager. Now all of this will tie in a bit later on because it would be wrong of me not to talk about Ronaldo and give my views on that, as that is one of the biggest headlines of this pre-season. It's music to my ears as a Leicester fan if... Chelsea are a little bit indifferent at the start of the season because we play them quite early on. So they hopefully they are very, very indifferent going into this new season. I expect them to be there or thereabouts. I expect them to be top four. They've got some excellent players. What they are missing, though, is a number nine, which is where the Ronaldo link comes into it. They've let Lukaku go back to Inter Milan on loan for seven million quid. And then Inter Milan gave Lukaku the number 90 shirt, which is the amount of money Chelsea have effectively lost on Lukaku. So that is some top S-housery there from, from Inter Milan, if that is what they've done it for. I, I suspect they probably have. Talking of Manchester United, look, it is always a circus with Manchester United when it comes to the transfer window. They are constantly linked to players. Every transfer window, they can be linked with upward of, and I'm not exaggerating, 100, 100 plus players. The amount of players that have nearly signed for Manchester United over the last 10 years is crazy. They've made some signings. Christian Eriksen they've got for free. Amazing signing. What, what a player. You know, It's so great to see him playing football. And I'm so glad that he's stayed in the Premier League. Uh, Martinez, the centre-back from Ajax, who obviously Ten Hag knows very well. He's been bought. Uh, and United have also got, got rid of a lot of the players that were seemingly causing issues there. So Paul Pogba went very early on on a free. He's now at Juventus, as you know. Jesse Lingard, as well, has gone. And I did not see him going to the Nottingham Forest. I, do, I don't think many people, many people did. So just very quickly on Jesse Lingard, and I'm not saying anything controversial here or groundbreaking, it's been said. But you guys are here listening to me, so I'm going to repeat it, I'm going to say it. The rumour is that he's taken 200 grand a week whilst he's at Nottingham Forest, and he's going to be on a one-year contract. Now, my immediate reaction when I saw that was, well, that's just a player that's taking as much money as he can, And then if Forest struggle or if they even get relegated at the end of the season, he can say, right, bye bye. Uh, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a burden to the club. I'm not going back down to the championship on 200 grand a week and I'm free to go wherever I want. And who knows, you know, even if Nottingham Forest do go down, but he has a good season that puts him back into the shop window. Now the reports of how much he's actually earning vary. I've seen £80,000 a week with bonuses right up to, like I say, £200,000 a week. The flip side and the other way that, that people have started to look at it actually is if Lingard can inspire that squad and that team to stay up and do really well in the Premier League, those wages, even at 200 grand a week, equates to, I don't know, what is it, 10, 10, 10 11 million pound. He, he was free. So you've got to look at the wages almost like a transfer fee. An 11 million pound for a player that, is, that could inspire a, a, a team to stay up is a bargain. An absolute bargain in terms of modern football. I think it's a win-win for both, both parties, really. Lingard can walk away at the end of the season if he wants to. He's picking up a nice wage either way, whether it's eighty thousand, a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty or two hundred. On the flip side, Nottingham Forest do get a good player. I do think Jesse Lingard is a good player. I think he's a little bit misunderstood. Yeah, I know there's all the TikTok stuff and all the nonsense that you see on Instagram, but he's a he's a young lad and it doesn't affect you, does it? I get if if I was a Manchester United fan, I may be thinking differently. I may be thinking that he's not reached his potential and not given his all for a club that he supposedly loves. But I can't talk for Manchester United fans. I can only give my opinion. So the two main things that have been going on at United, as you know, if you've been following it, is Frankie de Jong, which has just gone on and on and on. Frankie de Jong on, 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 on. It's just... I'm almost bored of hearing about it. So the upshot is Barcelona want him gone. They want him off the wage bill. Because somehow Barcelona, who have no money, have been able to spend stupid amounts of money on players when they owe players money. So I believe De Jong is owed somewhere in the region of seventeen million euros in wages. PK's is owed even more than that, reportedly. Yet they've gone out and spent fifty million on Rafinha, good player. Fifty plus million on Kounde, under Chelsea's nose, another one. Rafinha was the same; he was linked with Chelsea, heavily linked. Fifty million on Lewandowski. Uh, and there's a couple of other players that they've bought as well, which which slip my mind right now. The point is, they are spending money left, right and centre when they owe players money, owe players wages, basically. And they reportedly still owe clubs for transfers that happened ages ago. The rumour is that they still owe Liverpool £30 million for Coutinho, who now pays for Aston Villa. How, how ca- I'm lost for words. I'm lost for words when it comes to Barcelona. They were a club that I really admired in the in the mid-2000s. I went to go see them play a couple of times over in Barcelona. They're a bit of a shambles of a club right now. But let's not focus all our efforts on, on Barcelona. Let's see how all of that plays out. I, I get the feeling it's going to catch up with them eventually. The, the talk today is that De Jong... De Jong needs to go so that they can actually register Rafinha and Lewandowski, which is crazy. There's, there's this salary cap in, in La Liga and as it stands, they, can't, they go over that salary cap. That's why Messi ended up leaving, because they couldn't get their salary cap low enough. Even with, with Messi taking a 50% wage cut, they couldn't get below the salary cap, so they had to get him gone. So they need Dion gone, and they've done as they've done everything that they can to try and to try and get him to leave, to try and force him out. It's clear that Eric Ten Hag wants Frankie Dion, It's someone that he managed at Ajax, someone that he trusts. Clearly a very, very talented footballer. And someone that I think would would fit in really well at United. The other problem is that. He doesn't want to move. All the talk is that he doesn't want to come to Manchester. So it's not a case if he doesn't want to go to United. I don't even think he'd want to go City. Because he doesn't want to go to Manchester. It's apparently a city he does not like. Which is very harsh. Because there's parts of Manchester which are banging. Dean's game. Top, top players. But... And and this and and for me this is where Manchester United are falling potentially falling into an old trap, of signing a player that does not want to be there. It got the same feeling when they got Alexis Sanchez, paid him four hundred grand a week. When let's face it, I think he wanted to go Man City. Man City said, "No, we don't. We don't want him. We don't want." Him. Di Maria kind of felt, felt like he was in that mould as well. And maybe one or two others, Falcao, I get that, that feeling as well, that actually, OK, I'll go to Manchester United. Um, it's strange, really, because, you know, growing up, at the age I am, I just remember United being so successful and players would do, it would be a dream move for a lot of players. And now it seems that players don't want to go there. It's, it's, very, it's very, very strange. I think the Manchester United fans are content at the moment with the signings. They weren't a few weeks ago. I know that from first-hand from, from friends of mine. Sonny, uh, my very good friend, host of the Clubhouse and the Games and Graps podcast. He's a huge Manchester United fan and you know he was, he was getting really, really annoyed. And a few other of my good mates as well are United fans. But I think they're a bit more content now. Personally I think United need to move on from the Frankie De Jong situation. Barcelona might be desperate to get rid of him but uh, you know a, a player of that talent will be able to get a move if they want him gone. But De Jong seems to to be determined that he wants to stay at Barcelona. He came out and said I'm already at the best club in the world. Now that's that's interesting PR. Good Barca have fallen away a fair bit. They're in the Champions League again this season. They were last season and they dropped dropped into the Europa League. So the final thing that I want to talk about in terms of Manchester United is the Cristiano Ronaldo situation. Now, I'd imagine that a lot of people potentially saw this coming, especially when United finished outside of the Champions League places. You look at Cristiano Ronaldo and you don't see a Europa League player. Now, there's no disrespect to the Europa League, I think it's a it's a I think it's a fine competition. And I also think the Conference League is a fine competition for for clubs that are in it. It's a European trophy at the end of the day, and winning trophies is it's 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 what it's all about. It's what football's all about. Winning games, winning trophies and being successful, however way they come about. So Cristiano Ronaldo has basically said he is he wants to leave. Manchester United don't want to sell. So <laughs> you've got two parties there at opposite ends of, of what each of them want. Ronaldo didn't go to the pre-season tour and actually I think that that was a good thing for that squad. Because in pre-season we saw Rashford, Martial and Sancho play in a front three and... They were they were playing really well, really really well. Anthony Martial looked like a, a he looked like a really good goal scorer. Let's put it that way. Um, now it's interesting that that he's actually been linked with a move away to Juventus in this last week. I can't see that happening to be honest. But going back to the Ronaldo situation, Ronaldo not going on pre-season it means that the circus that surrounds Manchester United and surrounds Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't there. Because he wasn't the focus. Yes, the media were on about it every day. Where's Ronaldo going? What's Ronaldo doing? Where is he right now? You know, breaking news. Ronaldo has gone back to Portugal. It's not breaking news, is it? Man goes back to the place where he was born. Unbelievable. But it's Ronaldo. One of, if not the greatest player ever. So he didn't go on the pre-season tour. And initially the links were... Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Napoli and Roma. I never saw the Roma one happening. Personally, I didn't see the Napoli one happening. Bayern Munich, supposedly they thought about it. I've said no. It doesn't fit our philosophy. Which, I, which is understandable, despite the guy being an absolute machine. And like I say, one of, if not the greatest ever. The Chelsea one's an interesting one. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. It seems that the owners want Ronaldo, but Tuchel doesn't. And one by one, all of these different clubs have said, "No, we're not interested in Ronaldo." Real Madrid, in mean, Barcelona, said they're interested, but Barcelona would <sighs> Barcelona would seemingly buy anyone at the moment, uh, especially if Chelsea are interested. Uh, Paris Saint Germain. That was net He was never going to go to Paris Saint Germain, was he? Let's face it, never. With Mbappe now running the show there, he's, he's already probably got his. Uh, he probably already feels a little bit disjointed that he's got Messi and Neymar there. Throwing Ronaldo into the mix would have just been a disaster, uh, I feel. Say so Real Madrid said no. He was never, he's never going to go to Man City. They're not interested now. They've got Haaland. He's never going to go to Liverpool, never in a million years. So the only other club is, is, it feels right now is, is Chelsea. Apparently he was offered something ridiculous like £2 million a week to go and play um, in maybe Qatar or, or Saudi Arabia. I can't remember now. But it was stupid money and he turned it down. The upshot is Ronaldo wants to play in the Champions League. And I, and I get it. I get it, because it's, it's his competition. It's his competition. He wants to play in the Champions League. Now, interestingly, he is going to have to take a wage cut at United because they didn't qualify for the Champions League. So people started to talk about that. Oh, is it because he's having a little bit of money taken away from him? He's got to drop from 500 grand a week to 375. Boo-hoo. Apparently not. Apparently, it's all to do with the Champions League. And he's even said, oh, Ronaldo's going to take a price, a, a price cut to go to a, a team that is in the Champions League this season. Granted, a price cut when, when it comes to Ronaldo is, is still looking at around £350,000 a week. Juventus have just freed up four hundred grand a week because they've uh, terminated the contract of Aaron Ramsey. But I get the feeling that his bridges were very much burnt at Juventus. So I don't see that being an option for him either. Now, I said a few weeks ago that he doesn't go anywhere. I think he stays at United purely because I don't think anyone uh, wants him or the clubs that can afford him uh, don't don't want him. PSG, Man City uh, and the like. And he's clearly not ready to go and play in the MLS where he could be offered stupid money. And yeah, we've all seen it. We've all seen that one by one, these clubs are supposedly not interested. Now, Atletico Madrid has been mentioned. However, this today or in the last couple of days, their, their president has come out and said, it's not something we're looking at. I don't know who's made this story up. I actually think Atletico Madrid would be a great fit for Ronaldo just because of the style of football they play. The upshot is United don't want to sell him. And he is apparently in Eric Ten Hag's plans. So he arrived at training yesterday after his uh, non-show on the pre-season tour. And he arrived with his agent, which is never a good sign. You don't really turn up to your first day of training with your agent in tow. Today, seemingly, he has been training. But he's been separated away from the group that went on the pre-season tour. I really don't know what's gonna happen. Um, if I if I did, I wouldn't be sitting here rambling to you. I would be some sort of sidekick and I'd be I'd go and put the lottery numbers on. My opinion, I think I think there is a 70%, 75% chance that he stays at Manchester United. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. You've got a player there that doesn't want to be there. Is that gonna be good for the dressing room? Is he going to start to undermine a new manager? Who knows? There was talk last season that he was disruptive, which is disappointing to hear from someone who has done it all, won it all, and is and is the greatest goal scorer ever, officially. So it's a difficult choice for Manchester United. Do they Do they bow down to him and say, OK, we'll let you go? Or do United stay strong and say, no, you contracted to us for another season, you'll take your wage cut, and actually you'll help us get out of this mess that we're in? I think 75% chance that he stays at United and 25% chance that he goes to, to Chelsea. Which would be interesting if he goes to Chelsea because where does that leave Tuchel? Because then you've got a new owner at Chelsea who is overruling what the manager wants? A manager that's already been complaining about his squad. So, watch this space. Like I say, it has been a crazy, it feels like it's been a, a really crazy, congested, somewhat controversial pre season. Obviously, the, the, the Premier League season, well, all, all, you know, they're all kicking off early because we've got this World Cup later on in the year. We had that Nations League stuff going on at the end of the season. So, you know, there are certain players at certain clubs that have only just come back to pre-season training and the season starts in 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 just over a week's time. I'm recording this on the Wednesday, Wednesday the 27th of July and the season starts, the Premier League, it starts on the 5th of August. The first first game of the season is a Friday night game, which... Of course course it's Arsenal. Of course it's Arsenal first game of the season on a Friday. Sky wouldn't have it any other way. It has to be Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal fans enjoy them being first on every season. But there you go. It's the price you pay for being an Arsenal fan. So one of the things that I also wanted to talk about in terms of pre-season, and this links in to my club, uh, Leicester City, And this obsession that a club must make a signing. So, we've seen it very much this week in the news that Leicester are now the only club in Europe's top five divisions. They're the only club in, I don't know, it seems like the world, to have not made a signing. And you go onto social media and you see these people who are just there for, they're there trolling and they're there to try and just get people to react, saying, uh, Leicester are going to get relegated, blah, blah, blah. All, the, all of this different stuff. Um, which I just have to learn to to ignore now. And I do, for the most part. So Leicester haven't made a single sign-in during this window. A few months ago, Brendan Rodgers indicated that he was looking to do quite a bit of an overhaul on the squad. He said that certain players had already reached their peak... At Leicester, and that were on the decline. Uh, I wouldn't want to comment on which players he was he was picking out specifically, and he was looking for an overhaul and to bring in some fresh faces, which f- feels right because there are some there are some people you know we've 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 still got players there from from uh, when we first got promoted back into back into the Premier League in uh, the 2014 2015 season. So there's, there's there's still players there from from then, you know. That you need to freshen up the squad. I mean, these are these are good. For me, they're still good players. I mean, Jamie Vardy for me is still one of the best strikers in the league. Blinkered biased, yes, but he's the greatest ever for for Leicester. Um, but we still, you know, we, the squad players like Mark Albrighton who do a great job. You know, but they're still there, and I just think we need it needs freshening up. But the reality is, is that Leicester are don't want to go into debt. Um, the owners have have said, we need to balance the books. So it's pretty much a case of a player leaves, a player can come in. Now, the interesting thing is, is that apparently no bids have come in for any of our, I say our, I'm talking about Leicester. Nobody has come in for any of Leicester's valuable players. There has been talk for months and months and months that Yuri Tillingham is off, and that he's going to go to Arsenal. Well, according to the owner, no bid has come in just yet. And Arsenal have gone and signed uh, have gone and signed midfielders. Uh, and pre season, they've had a good pre season. They've made some good signings as well. I've, I've, I didn't really talk about Arsenal in that section. So. Signing Tillemans for Arsenal, I don't know where he, where he fits. I mean, Arsenal fans might tell me exactly where he fits and how he would fit into the system. And obviously, we're going into a Premier League season where you're allowed five subs now. So I think that does make a difference. And I do think that the bigger teams will be looking for a bit more depth in their squads because you can, make, you can change five players during a game across three, three substitutions apparently no bids have come in for yuri and newcastle have supposedly inquired about harvey barnes leicester have said 50 million people in the media seem to think that that is a staggering amount of money i'm not going to get into a debate or, or or you know give my thoughts on what harvey barnes is or isn't worth at the end of the day he's a young english player who knows what they're worth It doesn't seem like anyone's coming for Madison. Leicester have supposedly said that they are going to listen to offers for a number of players. Pretty much any player is available if the money's right, though. So no signings have been made, but also no players have left. And my initial thoughts on all of this were, okay, this is nonsense because Leicester need a centre-back. Or maybe two centre backs and a right winger. A right winger that has n- <laughs> Leicester have never never replaced Mares. Hard to replace. I understand that. I completely get that. Very hard to replace. But they don't have an out-and-out right winger. And and we had Luckman on loan last season. We could get him for 14 million quid apparently. And but the money's not there. Someone has got to leave for us to then say, right, we'll go and get we'll go and get Adamola Lookman. He could be our right winger. Uh, For fourteen million quid, so my initial thoughts were, well, this is this is nonsense. We need to strengthen. Rogers is going to be gone within ten games. That's me. That's me being the pessimistic Leicester fan that I am, who has been through so many ups and downs over the last thirty years that sometimes it's hard to be positive. And then it suddenly dawned on me that actually, whilst we Leicester have not signed any players, they've also not sold any players. And is it a bad thing if a team that has experienced Premier League players, goal scorers, talent up and down the pitch, is it a bad thing that they go into a new season with no changes? Leicester ended the season really well. There were times last season where it was incredibly frustrating, could not buy a win. But they ended the season really, really well. And injuries played a huge part last season. We did not have a first choice, what I would call a first choice back four for two-thirds, if not more, of that season. Three-quarters, even, of that season. Now, if players can be kept fit, and if some players find a bit of form... I'm looking at you, Soyuncu, and one or two others. If they can find a bit of form, and if they can start to defend some corners and actually see games out, is it a bad thing that no signings have been made? It's only a bad thing if players are sold, good players are sold, and they're not replaced. If Harvey Barnes, James Madison and one or two others were to be sold and no players were coming in or the quality of players coming in wasn't, as, in my eyes, as good, I'd be worried. Now, since my thoughts on that, something has changed. Kasper Schmeichel has supposedly agreed uh, personal terms with Nice over in France and has told Leicester City that he would like the opportunity to leave the club. Now, if that transfer goes through, I will do my my love letter to Kasper Michael. Should he should he leave in this transfer window? Again, these are all reports and speculation, but the talk is that personal terms have been agreed. However, and Leicester aren't going to stand in his way, but he can't go unless a replacement comes in. Now, I don't. I've not seen any fees bandied about. I can't imagine it would be a lot. Casper is thirty five now. And he's going into the final year of his contract. I think that's a, another important point to make, that he's got one year left in his contract, like a number number of players have, which is why I think Rodgers wanted a few of them gone and to bring in some players that, you know, he could tie down for, for a, a good three or four years. So he's in the final year of his contract. He's 35 years old. Yes, he's an international. Yes, he's a, a Premier League winner, FA Cup winner, all, all of the above, uh, a, a good... A good goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper. Uh, gets a bit of stick, but I'll talk about that another time. I don't see him being a huge amount of money. The talk is that we would, Leicester would replace Kasper Smeichel with Leno from Arsenal. He looked like he was going to be going to Fulham, and that has stalled. I wonder whether this is what has stalled it. However, my thought process and my opinion still stands, that even if Leicester were to sell Kasper Smeichel, and Leno comes in, who I don't think is a bad goalkeeper. And my good friend, Mark, who is an Arsenal season ticket holder, informs me that he is, he is a good goalkeeper. Maybe not necessarily great with his feet, but he, he he's definitely a... His words are not mine. He's better than a Fulham. It is basically, I think, the upshot of it. So I don't think he would be a terrible replacement for Casper. For If Leicester go into this new season with a new goalkeeper, a fully fit back four, Jamie Vardy firing, Pats and look great in pre-season, it might not be a bad thing because you've got a team that know each other, there's no bedding in period, you know, you shouldn't have issues like Tuchel thinks he's got where his squad isn't ready because he's trying to bed in new players. And, And you look at some of the other teams as well, you know, United. United have signed players, and they've got a bed in. Some of them have never played in the Premier League before, so who knows? This might be, this might be something that is is a, is a, almost like a happy accident that Leicester don't sign any players. Another key thing to remember as well is there's no European football for Leicester next season, and I do think that is going to help. So that's my thoughts on Leicester and their lack of signings. But I just thought it was interesting to to talk about it and, uh, and talk about you know what why why are we now in this in this modern footballing world where we have transfer windows why is there this obsession to 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 make loads of signings when maybe you don't need to because actually the players you've got are fine and you just need a little bit more luck to go your way. So that's my thoughts. That's that's my thoughts on pre season. I've not covered every team. Um, I've, I've you know it, it's it's hard to keep up with all the signings and all the comings and and, and goings, um, you know, and, and and all the different things that have gone on over the last few weeks. I, I could have started this podcast probably six weeks ago and been a bit more sort of on top of of things, um, but you know it is what it is. So like I say, football is is uh, is coming back. Oh, Premier League football is coming back EFL football is coming back very very soon we've got the Community Shield this weekend between Liverpool and Man City so we'll get a first look at Darwin Nunez and Erling Haaland uh, the game being played at the King Power Stadium um, I don't know wh- whether it's to do with uh, Wembley being used for the women's Euro final the following day and that's why it's moved um, I quite fancied going uh, getting a ticket and going but uh can't, because I don't support Man City or Liverpool. <laughs> so, and maybe I don't... I, may, I don't know. Do, do I want to go to a game as a neutral in, a, in, my own, in my own stadium? You know what I mean. I don't know. That would feel a bit weird. It would feel a bit weird. But, you know, it's a game of football. I am hoping to get to the King Power on Sunday to watch the friendly against Sevilla. Um, it does, unfortunately, clash with the women's Euro final, which... The Lionesses are in. Let's talk about that. Fantastic achievement, the Lionesses. They won, at time of recording, they won 4-0 last night against Sweden. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, pour my heart out and be one of these that's, like, I've followed women's football ever so closely. And, you know, it's amazing and all of this. It is amazing. You know, I... Football is football and 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 if your national team is is getting to finals like like England have been doing the men's and the women's and the junior teams the junior teams you know what I mean the under seventeens under eighteens uh, and those and and those age groups it's great and actually you know as as someone who is a a dad to a daughter yeah it it's fantastic that that she and her friends and you know people around her age can be inspired by the fact that the England's uh, women's national team is in the final of a major tournament and even better that it's with it's in this country. So look, I've not watched every single game. I've 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 seen little bits and pieces. I I think the standard has got a lot lot better in women's football. You know, it, let's make no bones about it. It has got better, but I think that's due to the exposure of the WSL it's now on sky it's talked about a lot more often which I think is is great and actually if I do do a bit of a crossover here with with uh, the the gaming podcast that I'm involved with uh the WSL is going to feature in this year's uh installment of FIFA which is great as well and actually there is a female player on the front cover whose name escapes me Sam Kerr I think um so look, it, it's it's in women's football is now more in the spotlight. I I look out for Leicester women's results because they're now in, they are in the Premier League, and I I I am going to take my kids to go and see Leicester's women's team next year. You know when they you know make, when they play Man City and Arsenal and and teams like that. I'll. I'll probably go along because uh, I think I just think it would be great. And and I just I, I think it's wonderful that that, um, that young girls in this country now they they get that they they can play football in and it's not a mixed team, they don't have to get to a certain age and have to stop playing because they're on any girls teams. And I think it's great that they get the choice as whether they want to watch the men play or the women play. I think it's fantastic. So Good luck to the Lionesses at the weekend. Um, I will try and catch bits and pieces, but I am probably going to go to the, the King Power and watch, and watch Leicester in their final friendly before, before the season starts. I know I've said it a lot, but I'm excited. Football's back. Football's back. It's back this weekend. Burnley-Huddersfield. That's what we want. A good old proper football fixture. I'm pretty sure they're two founding members of the Football League. And that's probably why Sky have put it on first. I'm pretty sure I'm right in that. Burnley and Huddersfield are founding members. If not, what a, what a good old proper game of football that could be. So that's it. That is the first episode done and dusted and in the can. I'm now on 45 minutes plus. So, you know, fits quite well with the title. Well, the name of this podcast. Next week, I will be previewing the Premier League weekend, uh, the the weekends Premier League fixtures that are going to be coming up. I'm probably going to make some predictions as well. I don't, I don't necessarily want to go down the route of I think this team will finish tenth and eleventh. Uh, I need to have a real think about, you know, who do I genuinely think are going to finish top four, top six. Where are my own team going to finish? Uh, who could struggle this year, relegation and all of that. So that will be for next week. A little bit of a preview for for the upcoming Premier League fixtures for the start of the new season. I've said it again. Um, and yeah, it, it'd be good actually. You know, if anyone's listening, uh, for you to you know drop me drop me a message or, or on on Twitter and give your give your opinion of where you think your team. Are going to finish this season? Whether you support a football league team, in the, you know, the Championship or League One or a Premier League team, or even if you are a Barcelona fan with all your uh, players that you've bought with no money that you supposedly don't have, but it's it's we know where the money's come from. That it they've sold their TV rights for a lot of money, but. I don't know, it's just just strange. It's just strange. Anyway, I digress. So going forward, it's not just going to be me. I am going to get some of my mates on to come in and be guests and talk to them about football, get them to give their opinion, get them to talk about their team so that, you know, you get a bit of variety as well. You know, unfortunately, I have friends that are Manchester United fans, uh, Arsenal, Leeds... Villa. I've got a wide range of, of uh, you know, mates that support different teams. And I'm still mates with them, which is, which is uh, it's not always been the case. I get a bit too passionate sometimes. So it isn't going to always be me. I'm going to get people on. Uh, I want to have a little bit of fun with it. And, 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 you know, look, like I said at the start of the show, I know that there are thousands of football podcasts out there. And, I know that initially I'm probably only going to have a handful of people listen to me, my friends and family. Hopefully they will support me. Um, but that's fine. Uh, it, this is good for me. This is good for me to be able to talk about football, even if there are only four or five people listening. Because, you know, I, I, usually, I usually get told to talk about football too much. So at least the people listening have actually got a choice now, which is good. So go follow me on Twitter at AddedFootball.com. That would be much appreciated. Wherever you listen to this podcast, please make sure you subscribe, leave a review. That would be very much appreciated. Added Time Football Podcast is part of the Games and grab Studio. We have different podcasts on there as well. So Sonny gives uh, his views on what's going on in wrestling and the things that he's up to with his wrestling commentaries and his retro gaming and all those different things and what what crap he's been watching on tv uh so go follow uh the uh, sunny club uh clubhouse podcast Uh, you'll find him on social media Uh, he's on all the socials he's on all the socials he's all over it Uh, we've also got the games and grats podcast which is a monthly podcast where we talk about gaming and wrestling which I know that's, that's a bit of a weird crossover, but I know a lot of football fans that are wrestling fans as well. So, you know, we're, we're catering for everyone. So go check us out, Games and Graps, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and podcast services everywhere. And the man who's designed the logo, Finn Steele, he's going to be starting up some streams soon over on Twitch and on YouTube. Go and follow him as well on social media. I believe it's at Steele, And you can find out all the information. I usually share a lot of the Games and Graps studio stuff. Anyway, I'm going to finish. I'm going to shut up. Thank you very much for listening. It's very much appreciated. I hope you come back for episode two. I hope you've enjoyed this. I have. And I will see you very soon.